Everybody is here. If you're here, say here. Here. If you're not here, say here. Okay, you guys are getting better every time. Looking for 100% attention on that one. One day it'll happen. Let's go ahead and stand on our feet. We are so glad that you've decided to join us today in worship. Welcome to Good News Fellowship Church. Amen? Amen. Amen. I love what the Bible says about entering into His presence and courts with and gates with singing and with thanksgiving. And that's exactly what we're going to do today as we bring our conversations to a close and we find our places of worship. Amen?
welcome him in our lives. And we thank you, Father, that he empowers us and he fills us with strength. And we pray that you just
We have a keyboard in our home similar to this one, obviously not with all the bells and whistles, but one option it does have is called a demo button. And you press that button and it'll automatically start to play songs that you could potentially play on that keyboard. So my son Seth is on that keyboard one day and there's some people over and all of a sudden that demo button must have been hit because this very elegant song began to play. And the people said, is he playing that? I'm like, no, that's just a, a demonstration of what that piano or keyboard can do. But that experience got me to thinking of an experience that Paul had in, uh, as he addressed the Corinthians, uh, specifically in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. They were, they were marveling at what he was ministering. But he redirected them to the source of that ministry. And specifically in verse 4 and 5 of Second, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he explained, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. As we come together in a service like that, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot happening. We have some wonderful worship. We're going to have, hear a great message later on from Bishop. But that's really just a demonstration of what God is doing in and through this body. And as an individual, uh, and from an individual standpoint, that's a fantastic truth because we don't nearly, really need to rely on anything that we have in our own being or our own person, but we can minister through what God is doing through His Spirit and by His power. So let's invite the Holy Spirit to rule and reign in this service this morning as we lift up this service in prayer. And let's join our faith together to see His power manifest in your life. Father, I just thank You, Lord, for this opportunity to come together with all the believers that call Good News Fellowship Church their home and maybe even some guests this morning. And we just thank You, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to partake in your presence and especially in your power. And just like my son, Father God, when we do what we do, we can just proclaim it's really just a demonstration of what you're doing in us, Father God. And that really opens up the door for maximum potential and everything that you have in store for us. We wait expectantly right now for that to happen could happen in the next few moments, and it could just happen over a period of time. But we know that your word is true, and it does not return to you void. We look forward to the answer. We look forward to your presence. And we especially look forward to the power that's available to us. It's all because of Jesus Christ, and it's in his name we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, please greet the people around you this morning before you take your seats.
It's because of Jesus Christ that we're all gathered here this morning, but it's really the obedience of Bishop Matt Malik uh, in, in line with the mandate that uh, God has for Good News Fellowship Church, that we are gathered here as a Good News Fellowship Church body. And he'll be uh, greeting you in just a few moments as he uh, comes to minister the word. But before, we, before he does that, uh, we just want to just uh, initially welcome you this morning and just thank you for joining us this morning. And as I mentioned earlier, if you are a guest here, um, uh, we're very honored that you would join us this morning. This is your first time visit here at Good News Fellowship Church. We just ask that you lift up your hand at this time. Uh, we do not have a red carpet to roll out, but we have a wonderful blue gift bag for you. And uh, we'll certainly give those to you if you lift, lift up your hand. And uh, we are just so thankful uh, for you choosing Good News Fellowship Church this morning. As you look through that bag, uh, you're going to find a, a number of items. And uh, just basically explaining what Good News Fellowship Church is all about and what God has called us to do in the Stevens Point and Central Wisconsin community uh, specifically. And you also find a visitor's card. We ask that you just take a few moments and fill out that visitor's card and just drop it in the offering basket as it passes by. And uh, once again, we just thank you uh, for joining us. And please give our visitors a warm Good News Fellowship Church welcome this morning. Uh, many of you know that we are uh, doing a stage redesign in phases, and uh, the next phase is to uh, kind of uh, enhance our sound system uh, via the implementation of subwoofers. And we had a great promotion called Sub for Subs. It was a, an effort to bless you with some uh, tasty sub sandwiches as uh, you donated towards this cause. And uh, the uh, subs that were previously ordered are going to be available for pickup uh, this morning. And uh, we, we are very excited to uh, let you know that uh, we have reached some of our goal, but we still have to uh, believe God for $2,600 uh, approximately to come in so that we can get this work completed. So if you want to donate to this effort, you certainly can. And there's a special bonus this morning that there will be uh, subs, six-inch subs, available for purchase, ready-made ready at the service center or in the foyer right after this morning's service. Uh, they're available for a minimum $10 donation. So if you have ordered uh, your subs previously, those, are, those will be available for pickup after service. And you can also pick up a ready-made six-inch sub uh, for a donation as well. So thank you once again and uh, continue to stand in faith to see that this need is met. Uh, we have a great opportunity for everyone in this body uh, through our foundations class, which is currently happening uh, before every Sunday morning service. It begins at 8.30 a.m. and runs till about 9.15, so there's time uh, to get ready for the morning services on Sunday. And uh, this morning's topic was the Lordship of Christ and uh, next week, uh, you can look forward to the topic of redemption. Uh, you can plug in at any time, and if you want more information on this, uh, just see Tim Kleiner. Uh, he's kind of spearheading this effort, so he'll give you in more information to answer any questions that you may have. Uh, we still have some Awakening service CDs available. If you have pre-ordered or you volunteered in any uh, fashion during the Awakening weekend with Isaiah Saldivar, those CDs and DVD set is available at the service center. And if you want to purchase them, uh, those are available there as well. So stop in at the service center to pick those up. 
Uh, just a reminder that Moms of Military, a uh, fantastic group supporting uh, children or kids' uh, families in the military, uh, meet the first and third Mondays of every month here at Good News Fellowship Church at 6 p.m. And uh, we are just about a month away from our Panama uh, Destination 2013 trip, and uh, that uh, our participants will take off on June 28th to about July, tw- uh, July 5th, excuse me. And there's a very important meeting for those participants in the conference room uh, after this morning's service. So if you are going on the Panama trip this year, um, uh, meet in the conference room right after this morning's service. Uh, Wisconsin Christian Newspaper is a great resource for the body of Christ in central Wisconsin in general. You can pick up a copy uh, free of charge at the service center on your way out this morning. And if you need to know anything else uh, regarding announcements or events or activities, uh, just use your bulletin that you should have received on the way in. Or also you can plug into the internet. Uh, Two resources that you can uh, look at would be our website for one. Web address is on the screen behind me. You can also uh, uh, plug into Facebook to find out what's happening at Good News Fellowship Church. This time we're going to receive this morning's offering. So let's first give God some praise for this opportunity to sow from our increase. This is uh, the beginning of the season for severe weather. And if you've been watching the news this past week, they've had some pretty major storms uh, down south, I believe, especially in the Texas area. And um, for uh, severe weather in our area, we look for weather reports to kind of give us an advance notice. And for the ministry, we actually have a weather alert radio. So if a severe storm warning is issued, this alarm will go off and you go up to the radio and you listen for the message on what's actually happening. But more often than not, when that alarm goes off, it isn't really severe weather that we need to be concerned with. Because when you listen to the message, it'll begin, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. And many of you are familiar with that statement. They even have it on the radio and on television, I believe. So initially, it may appear like there's trouble on the way, but you find out it's only a test. And it's important to keep that in mind as we face issues in life as a believer. You know, life can be a very alarming experience at times. And this is especially true when it comes to our finances. But when we follow God's principles relating to finances, beginning with the tithe, we find that we have protection from the financial storms that come our way. Very familiar scripture regarding this comes from Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. Not only uh, will there be blessing that will come our way if we bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in God's house, but he will prevent the pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. There's definitely protection in the financial realm when you follow God's principles, especially, as I mentioned, when you begin with the tithe. It's important that we put our financial trust into God in his words. Because when alarming situations will develop in your life, rest assured, it's a test. It's only a test. With that in mind, let's receive this morning's offering. The ushers are going to make their way to the front and pass the baskets row by row.
And once the offering is received, it'll be brought back to the front where Bishop Matt will uh, come up. He'll pray a corporate blessing along with everyone else here and uh, see that the maximum potential of the seed sown will bear fruit in his kingdom and in our personal lives. Excuse me, Jay. Children may be dismissed as the baskets passes each row. Communication is a very important element in any relationship, and it's especially important when it comes to our relationship with God. So it shouldn't surprise us at all when God has a strong desire to communicate with us on a daily basis. And it's more than just us talking to Him, but it's really stepping back and trying and developing a posture to hear from Him, knowing and hearing His voice is essential to following him. So we're really fortunate to have a very inspiring message regarding this this morning as Bishop comes to the front. He'll address this subject as well as share in the Holy Spirit's role in hearing God's voice clearly. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we certainly want to give praise to God. Hope you bring me up here a little bit. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. What a blessing to be here. How many of you enjoyed yesterday's weather? A little bit overcast, but the sun kind of came out, and 
Wonderful time to experience some of Wisconsin's real weather, amen, for the summer. We want to bless this offering and as we offer it to the Lord this morning, the tithes. So stretch your hands as we release our faith in the seed that is being sown. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for, for this opportunity to give into the kingdom of God. We thank you for the obedience that's represented by your people. We thank you for the clear word that declares, give and it shall be given to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. We thank you for the seed sown and the harvest that comes, for the meeting and the supply of every need, Father, within this congregation and for the outreaches that we're serving in this community and beyond. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. And everyone in agreement says, amen, amen. Well, thank you so much for your obedience and giving this morning. I'm excited uh, this morning about what God's doing, and um, there's so much, and I I have so much to share this morning, but I believe that uh, what I share will be led by the Spirit of God. This is actually Pentecost Sunday, and so what better topic to talk about than knowing God's voice and hearing God's voice, and so we do want to share a few things with you, but before I do that... um, I want to invite you to Wednesday night service. I want everyone to make an effort to be here if you can, because we're having an awakening service on Wednesday. One of the strategies that as we've gone before the Lord to pray about what to do in light of the recent revival meetings we had with Isaiah Saldivar is to begin to designate Wednesday nights as a time of revival meetings, and we've actually given the youth ministry a leading role in this service, and they're going to be leading the charge, and they're going to be sharing with us, and we're going to be praying for people, praying for needs, and so the service is going to really be directed to pray for people, so invite your neighbors, invite your friends, invite co-workers, invite relatives, so that we can fill this place on Wednesday night for this meeting. And so I'm, I'm excited. I want you to come pray it up. Uh, we're asking the leadership to come an hour early, the pastoral care. We're going to just spend time in prayer and preparing for this service. And then throughout this week, as, as we lead up to Wednesday night, we want you to be in prayer about that. I have a scripture. One of the things the Lord had put upon our heart and actually was uh, given to us by the Lord a few years ago is that we need to employ the youth uh, for the ministry of the kingdom. And there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes 12.1, if you want to bring that up. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, Life is not pleasant anymore. I tell you, this is a powerful word to our young people. Honor your creator. And, and, and you guys are going to have an opportunity to honor the creator this Wednesday night and every Wednesday night when we have youth group, right? And why do youth always like to gravitate on this side? <laughs> I don't know why, but that's good. So Wednesday night, come prepared. And um, young people, again, don't wait till you get older and say life isn't fun anymore. Right. If you honor God, it won't get where you have to say that, okay? Won't, that, that won't be the outcome, so... So come Wednesday night, it's a time of special prayer and ministry. Pastoral care will be positioned and ready for ministry as well. Praying for needs. And 
and we're excited uh, for this opportunity. Can you say amen? amen. Uh, before I get into the word, I have to make an announcement. Um, son Daniel and his wife Amanda got a new puppy yesterday. Yeah, so uh, we kind of deprived our kids because growing up as pastors, we were so busy, we just didn't have time to deal with a pet because we knew it would fall on us. I mean, we gave our kids challenges over the years, saying, okay, if you can keep the bathroom clean for six weeks and make your bed every day for six weeks, we'll get a puppy, we'll get a pet. They, they never succeeded in accomplishing that goal. So, so we were pretty safe in that regard. Uh, because we knew that if they could do those detailed things and, and be consistent at it, then they would be uh, adequate to take care of a pet. But So I came across this. These are things you can learn from a dog. And, and maybe this is directed more to Daniel and Amanda, but I think we can all benefit. Because Daniel told me about this, and I, I tried to advise him not to get a pet. Because I knew once he, he held that little puppy in his hands, he had fallen in love, and he'd be hooked for life. So, and he brought him over yesterday, and I tell you, that puppy is a cute puppy. They named him Deacon, so he's going to serve somehow in the church, so I don't... <clears throat> but then, these are things you can learn from a dog, okay? Never pass up the opportunity to go for a joyride, okay? Um, allow the experience of fresh air and the wind in your face to be pure ecstasy and joy, Okay? Uh, when loved one comes, when loved ones come home, always run to greet them. Okay, now this is just some good counsel that we can learn from the pet. Okay, when it's in your best interest, practice obedience. <laughs> Let others know when they've invaded your territory. Okay, take naps and stretch before rising. Okay, uh, run, romp, and play daily. Eat with gusto and enthusiasm. Just dig right in, okay? Be loyal. Never pretend to be something you, you are not, okay? If what you want lies buried, dig until you find it. <laughs> uh, when someone is having a bad day, be silent, sit close by, and nuzzle them gently. See, somebody has to pat there. Thrive on attention and let people touch you. Avoid biting when a simple growl will do. <laughs> on hot days, drink, drink a lot of water and lay under a shady tree. When you're happy, dance around and wag your entire body. Since then no matter how often you are scolded, don't buy into the guilt thing and pout. Run right back and make friends. Okay, so that's just some sense for pet owners that, uh, that we can learn from our pets. Amen. Well, today's message is entitled, again, Knowing God's Voice. We want to continue with what we started a couple of weeks ago last week uh, for Mother's Day. You got to hear from Pastor Deb and myself uh, about the role of, of parenting and, and the mother. And so how many of you are blessed by that message? Okay, good. Six of you appreciate that. <laughs> That's always encouraging, honey. You know, six of them got it. Anyway, only joking. Yeah, I know it's Sunday morning. It's early, and it's just hard to raise your hands. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, better than nobody. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, we just believe you heard and name it. But as I said, this Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, and, and realize that Pentecost was not only the beginning of the church, but it was also celebrated as a Jewish holiday, Shavat, which is when God gave the law to Moses. But on that day of Pentecost, when the 120 were gathered in that upper room, seeking God and waiting for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit fell. And that day marked the birth of the church as we know it today, which allowed the power of God to be infused into the believers to take the message of truth outside the four walls of where they were gathered into the known world at that time. In passing it on to us even today, the power and the might of the Spirit of God to equip believers to serve the purpose of God for their generation. And today, I believe it's important for you and I as believers to really know the voice of God. And I just want to touch on a couple of things as we bring you up to speed with where we were. Uh, hearing and knowing is, is something that is significant. Hearing and knowing what God is speaking to this generation is critical. Because we're a nation that's in crisis right now. Economic crisis, a moral crisis. We're just dealing with a lot of things. And so the church really needs to be in tune to the voice of God. And how do we respond to a culture that's moving away from God? How do we respond in, in a day when it seems like evil is all around us? And we can become so dis, discouraged when we turn on the news. And that's why instead of always turning on the news, we need to open our Bibles. We need to get on our face and, and begin to seek the heart of God. Because I believe that this nation can be changed, but it's going to take a move of God. As we even research and look at revivals that occurred in the past, many times the condition of the culture was depraved. It was, it was dark. But God began to move as, as the church began to rise to seek the heart of God and begin to pray. Because we need to not become part of the culture and deceive with the culture. We need to connect with God. And so we must hear his voice. We must come to know his voice. It's critical for you as an individual believer to know God's voice. Otherwise, you'll be greatly dis disadvantaged in, in making simple life decisions. Because if you're just struggling or if you're just choosing, well, this feels good or this, is, this looks good and everybody thinks I should do this. But what does God think? And as you go before the Lord, he will make known his directives for your life and, and bring clarity so you can understand his will. And we mentioned that if you are truly following the good shepherd, if the Lord is your shepherd, you will know and recognize his voice. If not, you won't be able to follow him fully. So the question I ask is, do you know his voice? And this morning I want you to read with me John chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, as we looked at the scripture text once again. John chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. And I'm reading this from the Holman Christian Study Bible. Let's read this together. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. Let's join our faith together. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and glory and honor. We pray that you give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. 
that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Father, it's our desire to know your voice and not to follow the voice of a stranger. We thank you for your word and and the promise and what has been declared that we as your sheep can confidently say that we know your voice. And the voice of a stranger we will not follow. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Amen. I know many of you sometimes struggle to hear God's voice. And many times I've counseled people, Deb and I have counseled people over the years of people wanting to know the will of God, wanting to know God's voice for their life in particular. And one of the things we've shared over the years is this particular passage that we, as God's children, can begin to make this declaration, Lord, because I'm your sheep, your word says I know your voice. And begin to declare and confess what the Bible says about that reality, that relationship that we have with Christ. And so many times, you know, when, when people have shared, came back and said, you know, I began to make that declaration. I'm standing on that word. I'm standing on that promise. And they begin to share that they're beginning to hear from God and they know in their heart what they need to do. Praise the Lord. Uh, before I go on any further, I wanted to mention that the Moorish are going to be leaving us for Virginia. I don't know why they want to go to Virginia. Wisconsin's so much better. But uh, it's a job relocation opportunity. And, and uh, is this your last Sunday? This is your, come on up here. Uh, the whole crew can come up here because uh, I'm going to just uh, let you say something to the congregation. Um, this was not planned, by the way, folks, okay? Uh, I just, we want to pray over them, too, as a congregation. But uh, I've got a microphone here. Um, how many years has it been? Since you first visited and came? Four years. It's been a wonderful time having you part of this body. It really, really has. And, and we've connected with this family and stood with them through a difficult time, the most difficult time they've gone through. Pharaoh was healed of, of breast cancer. At the same week, she found out that she was pregnant with Noah, the youngest, who's back there with the children. Um, she also was diagnosed with breast cancer, very aggressive and fast type. So the first thing the doctor said, you need to have an abortion. She refused. And she said, I need to go back to that church because I know they pray for the sick. And that was after the, they visited once. They came, we prayed, and God healed her. And she is cancer-free today. Uh, so, but that's just part of, of their story here. But they've been a blessing. Well, you and the church have been a blessing to us. You know, I <clears throat> think back at that time, and it was a, an extremely difficult time because not only was Fair diagnosed with breast cancer, but our children were going to the public schools, and Shay in particular was being persecuted for his faith. Um... It only came out later uh, just how bad that was. And uh, the church was good. You know, I believe in the Christian school, SBCA. It is a bastion of protection. And because there is a militant uh, force out there against good. Mm -hmm. And uh, just all the, the learning 
and the teaching that I've received here, you know, I, and the support of the church. You know, I think of uh, Psalm 16, verse 3, I think. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. And I really am very appreciative of this church. You don't know what uh, your support has meant to us. And, and you, Pastor Matt, in particular, you, you've just been a real spiritual father to me. And I, I've grown tremendously since being here. I'm not the man that I was four years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, it's hard to understand uh, why things happen the way they do. I, these four years have been... Um, A long, hard slog, and uh, no one really knows the trouble that we faced. But God is faithful, and you know it, it seems like just when we're about where we can, I feel, get our head above water and, and begin making some contribution, the job, my job here is going away, mm-hmm. and we have to leave, and and so you know we've struggled with what you know. Me in particular, I'm like, God, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, uh, why this? Why now? And, uh, but he's always been good. I, I, I don't always understand things. Just like uh, when we found out we were coming to Wisconsin in the brutal north. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I've, looking back on it, this was the right place for us at the right time. Mm-hmm. Because the Lord knew that Pharaoh was going to experience this, and uh, and this was the right place at the right time for that. And just the personal, you know, ad- adversity is always difficult. But I'll tell you what: do you ever grow? Mm-hmm. That's and, right. That's and right. you've got to be in the right place to grow. Yeah. And I think of like my brother Brent, who has met with similar type adversity, but he wasn't in the right place. You know, he he was in a denominational church that really didn't give him the support that he needed. We, however, were here, and we have grown and, and become uh, stronger for it. So I just thank all of you for the support you've given us, and and God bless you all. We've really... Enjoyed it here and love all of you. And thank you very much. Amen. Feva, you want to say something? I don't know if I can. Um, I do want to say that I don't believe that I would be here today if it wasn't for this church. If I hadn't have been taught the things that I've been taught here, I think I probably would have lost my life or definitely lost my breath, lost my child. But because you guys, I mean... They didn't even know us. And I told one of the ushers that I had breast cancer and I wanted to be prayed for. And not only did they pray for me, they brought me up here. They anointed me with oil. They had all the elders come around me. And I know there were angels everywhere in here. I could feel them. I couldn't open my eyes. I was crying so hard. But I know there were angels everywhere. And I know God healed me that day. I just had to accept it. I was never taught about healing until I came here. And um, it didn't matter 
if it was 12 o'clock at night, if I had to call Pastor Matt or Pastor Deb, they would pray with me and help me. If I got a bad, bad diagnosis, it's growing. And, you know, because that did happen and at first. It continued to grow. And um, Pastor Matt, it would be like, so the Bible says you're healed. And I'm just like, whoa. I can remember one time Ethan and I were, tr- we were going down to Missouri, which is where we had moved from. And um we had just had an ultrasound and it was growing and um we were just like okay god's not real and pastor matt called me on his vacation of all things i've never had anybody care so much about me they call me on their vacation and i just remember his words saying favorite it doesn't matter what the doctor said god said you're healed and you can believe in that and you can stand on his word and that's what i did and i'm here today and I thank you both for all your love and all your support and all you have done for us. We love you all very much. We love you too. If we could have um, some elders and folks come, we could just pray over them and, and bless them this morning. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, in this moment, we want to offer thanksgiving to you for this family. And Father, we thank you that you've established friendships that will last for eternity. Father, as they prepare to leave, we speak blessing over their lives. Father, that you go before and prepare the way. We thank you for the open doors that you've already opened for them. And Father, we pray protection and strength in their new journey. We thank you for a body of believers that they can connect with in Virginia that will become their new spiritual home. In the name of Jesus, we just thank you so much, Father, for their lives and what we've encountered with them in this journey these last four years. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Thank you, Father. Amen. And Father, I thank you that as we seed this family, mm-hmm. that much fruit will be produced where they go, Lord, that, that they're going to a place that isn't especially light all the time. And we thank you, Lord, for the things that you've placed on the inside of them, Lord, the doors that will be opened for them to be able to minister to. Father, that you give Pharaoh a voice to even other ladies that might be dealing with with the things she's gone through, and Ethan as well, and the children, Lord, that the things they've endured while they've been here. Father, I just thank you for the blessing of this family, and I thank you for the calling on each of their lives to make a difference. Thank you for the friendships that will yet to be made, Father. In Jesus' name, that you prepare the way before them, even for a new church body, a family that will love them and embrace them. Well, nobody can like we have, but, <laughs> but um, where they know that, that they have a home away from home, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you for the gift that they've been to this body and, and as Bishop said, for the, the eternal relationships that we'll have with them. In Jesus' name. You know, and um, as I was praying, what came to me is, you know, we we can't take for granted the relationships that God puts together. And, and I think sometimes we do that. And yet, 
there's such a thankfulness, and, and we so appreciate all of you and, and the relationships we've been able to build with you. And, you know, when they first came, their kids are kind of like all the same ages as our kids. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we've been through some things together and had some good laughs together, and these kids have stayed at our house and whole weekends, lots of weekends. <laughs> so there's going to be a void in our family too, but... Um, you know, we just all have to believe that there's going to be more people coming in, and and um, you've made a big difference here. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Love you guys. Miss you. Amen. I'm gonna miss you. Miss you. Next Sunday afternoon, we're leaving on vacation. We're going down to Florida, and we're ministering in Jacksonville, and then we're ministering in uh, Charlotte, South Carolina, or North Carolina. I forget where it is, one of those. We'll just make sure we use MapQuest to get there so we don't miss the service. (laughs) But then we're driving up to Virginia, and we're going to see them in their new home and spend a couple days in Virginia before we head back to Wisconsin. So um, that'll be a blessing. But uh, we appreciate you guys. And one, one, one more thing. That I just want to say this. You know, we believe that God uses doctors, so we don't disregard them. But we know that God's word is superior over the prognosis of, of the physician. And that's the promise that, that we stood on uh, to see that healing manifested. It was really interesting the doctor that delivered Noah was a doctor that looked both of them in the face and said, you're crazy not to take treatment, chemo. And, and, and the doctor just basically told you, you were crazy. But they said, we are standing on the word of God because we will not abort this child. We will not destroy this child. And God honored their commitment and faith in that regard. But, but they had a church family to stand with them. They didn't stand alone. And so when we go through difficult times like that, we as a body need to pull together and stand together. Amen. Well, I'll let my message be interrupted any time for something like that. Amen. That's John ten four in the New King James again. It says, And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Later on in the chapter, uh, John writes again in, in verse 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. There are two primary ways that God speaks to man. Through his word, amen, through the scriptures, through the written word of God. And also by his spirit. And the two agree, always agree, the Word of God and the Spirit of God must agree. If you think the Spirit of God is telling you something contrary to the Word, then disregard it. It's not the Spirit of God. And so often people are claiming what is the Spirit of God speaking to them, and it's not the Spirit of God at all. They're being deceived by a phony spirit. Because the Scripture says there's many voices, and we need to learn to discern the voice of the Spirit of God, to know His voice. And see, that's why it can be tested. We need to test the spirits, the Scripture says in First John, to see whether they be of God. 
You can't just assume, oh, God is saying this. It needs to be tested. It needs to be proven. So in Matthew 4.4, God speaks through his word. It says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This scripture, the word, is from the mouth of God. It's God-breathed. And it's been put in print form so that you and I can have a copy of God's word. Amen? Thank God for that. And he saw to it through the ages to see to it that his word would be preserved so that we could have it in order to live our lives today in this age, this present age. Now, our ability to hear and listen often becomes an issue. Seven times in Revelation, we said, it states, and we'll just share one of those verses in Revelation 3.22, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So how many of you have an ear? So hearing then is a choice. It's a decision that you need to make. You need to determine to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. You can ignore what the Spirit of God is saying, and you'll suffer consequences because of it. We can't ignore what the Spirit of God is saying, especially in the critical hour we are living in right now. There's just too much happening. There's just too much going on for us to disregard what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, we looked at this. It says, therefore, as the Spirit says, as the Holy Spirit says, today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness. So this, the challenge, the writer of the book of Hebrews is, is saying, today, hear his voice, don't rebel against it. Don't rebel against it. See, human nature is basically rebellious. And so I've learned even with our children, when we give them an instruction, the way I present it to them determines whether or not they rebel or not. Because I can get in their face and I say, you go clean your room right now. And, you know, they could rebel against that because the way I presented it. Now, if I've said it several times, very nice. Hmm? And it's the point where they haven't responded. Then I will be more firm. Maybe not to that degree that I just shared. But I will raise my voice a little bit and be, make them know that I really am serious about what I'm saying. And there are times when the Spirit of God can do that very thing in our lives. He can increase the volume of His voice where it just becomes stronger because of the seriousness of, of what he wants us to respond to. I can remember, and I'm going to share this illustration, or this testimony of, of uh, it was shortly after I was uh, walking with God as a Christian, maybe two or three years, I was living in the state of Idaho. And it was a Saturday evening, and I had made a commitment, I had a conviction that I would not do any shopping on Sunday. I just wanted that to be a day that I would honor God. And so it was Saturday evening. I had to go to the grocery store and buy stuff for my lunch. I was single at the time, living in a mobile home uh, that the pastor of the church that I was attending owned. And it was about 6.30 at night, and the store closed at 7. I said, i got to run to the store quick and get some items. But before I was leaving, I felt this urge and this unction to pray. And I didn't 
I, did, I just, I'd never had that impression before. So I thought, well, I'll pray when I get back. I just felt this urge, this impression to pray. And as I drove to the store, this urge kept getting stronger and stronger. And it was almost like I was hearing the Spirit of God say, go home and pray. I said, Lord, I can pray in the car. I was trying to debate. I was trying to um, argue with what I believe the Spirit of God was saying to me. Um, Well, later I realized this was the Spirit of God speaking to me. So I I got into the store, and and I was going down the aisle. I'll just pick up a couple items that I need, and I'll go through the checkout. So I didn't even get a shopping cart. I just got some items, and I'm walking down the aisle, and I actually heard an audible voice. At least to me, it seemed audible. It said, go home and pray. And there's only a couple of times in my entire life where I actually sensed God speak to me in an audible voice where it just shook me to the core. And, and so I had these items in my hand, and I just put it on the, on, I didn't know what to do. I was so shocked. I turned around and looked. Who was that? Who said that? No one was there. And I knew, okay, God, this is serious. You want me to go home and pray right now. And so then I, I put the, all the items on the shelf, and I didn't put them back where they were, and I went out of the store, drove home. I got home, and, and I just got on my face before God. I didn't know what to pray for. And the Bible says, when you know, don't know what to pray for as you ought, the Holy Spirit makes intercession. So I just began to give voice to the Holy Spirit and began to pray in the Spirit. And I felt this like groaning and this, I knew I was praying for something very serious at that moment. And then all of a sudden, there was a point in the prayer where I felt the release. I felt joy. I felt like there was an answer. And I didn't have a clue. Lord, I, I don't even know what I prayed for. I'm just praying in the spirit here. And I felt this, but now I sense this release. And this was all new to me at that time. I, I hadn't been spirit-filled that long. And I can remember, then I asked the Lord, I know I prayed for someone, some situation. Show me who it was. And at that very moment, I had this vision of my older brother driving in a vehicle, and he was falling asleep. I just saw that, and but then and there was a sense that there was danger, and then all of a sudden, I, there was a sense of peace that he was okay. And at that very time, he happened to be driving from central Wisconsin, from our farm in Junction City, north of Junction City, driving all the way to Idaho to visit my brother and I. My older brother was, and I were living out there together. And so, at that time that this occurred, uh, it was in the evening. He was driving through North Dakota, where it's totally barren. You know, if you've ever driven through North Dakota on I, what is it, 90? I-90, I think it is, up through there. But uh, it's, there's not a whole lot of anything. Uh, and so... The next day, Sunday afternoon, he arrived at a place at about, I would say it was 2.30, is what I can recall. And so we greeted each other and, and everything and uh, had a little bit of uh, just small talk and conversation. Glad to see him. And so he sat down in, in the living room with us, and I, I said, I have a question for you. Did anything unusual happen last night between you know, 6.30 and 7 o'clock? And he looked like this. Wow, now that you mentioned it, yeah. I said, can you tell me about it? He said, well, I was driving. He told me he was going to North Dakota. There was no place to stop. He was tired. 
he had determined that when he left home, he's going to drive straight through. And I don't know how many hours that is, 17, uh, 18, 19-hour trip. And so he had his cooler. He's just eating. And he said, I was getting so tired. I was dozing off. I had the windows open. I had the radio blaring. And he said, um, I don't know why he didn't have enough sense to stop. But you know how young, young people are. He was much younger then. So was I. I think I was only 18, 19 years old at the time. Might 19, probably. Anyway, he said, the strangest thing happened to me. He said, all of a sudden, I felt from the top of my head something go through my whole body, and all fatigue left me, and I was wide awake. And he said, in fact, I drove through the rest of the way. I, I thought I got my second wind. And I said, I want to tell you something. Last night at that same time, and I told him the whole story, how I went home and I, I, I prayed and God showed me that I was praying for you. And I believe that you're here and you're safe because God answered that prayer. And he was touched by that. Now that Wednesday night, because he hadn't been born again, he hadn't been saved at that point. That Wednesday evening at church, the church that we were, my older brother and I were attending, he had went to the altar and gave his heart to Jesus and he had a radical salvation. I mean, he was, he stopped cussing. He stopped drinking. He stopped all the junk. And told, I mean, in fact, he got back and his girlfriend left him. He said, I don't want to marry a Bible. And I mean, they were pretty serious about, you know, their relationship and everything. She just dumped him. said, he's not the same person anymore. She totally freaked out over him because he was so radically saved and changed. And so... Uh, I share that because, you know, God spoke to me. And if I would not have responded to that unction or that where the Lord spoke to me, my brother may not be alive today. And uh, so uh, there's another testimony I'll share at another time uh, uh, with him, how God intervened in his life because of prayer. But our theme for this year, and I, I want to continue to bring this verse before you. My challenge is for you to memorize this. In Acts 22, verse 14 and 15, it says, Then he told me, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know as well, and to see the righteous one and to hear him speak. For you will be a witness telling everyone what you have seen and heard. I believe these three things God wants to establish in the life of every believer. He wants you to know his will. He wants you to see the righteous one. He wants you to hear him speak. Amen? So the question we ask is, do you consider yourself to be a spirit-led believer? Are you spirit-led? Romans 8.14, and this is where we left off last time. Romans 8.14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. That's Romans 8.14. The Greek word for sons here in this verse is technon, which actually refers to a mature son, thus implying that spiritual growth results in the ability to be spirit-led. Now sometimes, you know, and we need to make the connection here with a person who is led by the Spirit and a person who hears the voice of the Spirit because the two are interconnected. If you are led by the Spirit, then you will know His voice, You'll be familiar with his voice. If you know his voice, then you'll be led by the Spirit if you are following his voice. 
The word technon actually in the New Testament is actually used 99 times. 77 times it's actually translated as child. 21 times it's translated as son and once daughter. Technon actually is used metaphorically as an intimate and reciprocal relationship between people by bonds of love, friendship, and trust. In fact, uh, it refers to the relationship between a, a natural parent and their child and children. It's also used in the affectionate addresses, my child, which would be like helpers, teachers, or mentors that people would have uh, in their lives. Pupils and disciples are called children of their teachers because their instruction nourishes the minds of the pupil, pupils and mold their character. So even uh, uh, when you look at spiritual sons, like uh, Ethan said, you know, he considers me a spiritual father to him. That kind of relationship is what this Greek word is describing. And so I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to have, to have that relationship with us. God wants to have that relationship with us as his children. Can you say amen? Now, the Holy Spirit has been commissioned by the Father to serve a leadership role in the life of every believer. And it's important to understand, and, and I'll, if I don't get time now, I'll state it now. You know, there's always a debate of the difference between being born of the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. When a person is born of the Spirit of God, when they're born again, they receive the Spirit. No doubt. The Spirit of God is involved in the, the operation of the new birth when the life of God, eternal life, is injected into the human spirit and the person is made a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away, all things become new. That is the work of the Holy Spirit, no doubt. But there's another action, another operation of the Spirit, and that's what we see in the day of Pentecost that occurred when they were filled with the Spirit. So it's one thing to be born of the Spirit, and it's another thing to be filled with the Spirit. And there's many references that we can identify both in. And so if I don't get time, we can, we'll address that next week. But uh, at least I, I said that much um, about that. Just I think it's important to clarify many times um, certain things where people may have misunderstandings. We must consider the Holy Spirit in his ministry on this earth. Because Jesus' present ministry in this earth is carried out through the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells in the believer. So the ministry of the Spirit of God, the ministry of Jesus, the present-day ministry of Jesus Christ is through the church. It's through the body of Christ. It's through you and me. It's through those who avail themselves and yield themselves to the control and the influence of the Spirit of God. That's why I believe, and I say this so often, but I'll say it again, just so you don't forget. The greatest struggle in Christianity is a yielding struggle. It's the yielding of our will to His. It's the yielding of what we want to do to His influence, to allow His influence to dominate our life in the decisions we make and the actions that form our character and, and so forth. But we, not, we need to understand as we consider the ministry of the Holy Spirit on earth, not only in the church, but also the world, we must consider the promise of the Father, the work of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, 
It's important that we understand the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's work in creation, and the Holy Spirit's work in redemption. The Holy Spirit is involved in all these areas. Amen? So we cannot ignore Him. Now, it's, un- it's important. In fact, uh, I like the things that Norm had shared and, uh, earlier, too. It's time to experience the power of the Holy Spirit that transforms lives, heals the sick, and delivers those who are oppressed. It's imperative that we learn how to hear and follow the voice of the Spirit and submit to His leadership. In Psalms forty-eight, fourteen, the Scripture tells us, For such is God, our God, forever and ever, He will guide us until death. See, this is the promise. He's going to guide us until death. So, God leads us by His Spirit. He guides us by His Spirit. But even in eternity, God's going to continue to guide us. Because you might say, well, that's good. You know, at least He's going to guide me till I die. But in Revelation 7.17, the Scripture tells us, For the Lamb in the center of the throne shall be their shepherd, and shall guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. So even in eternity, he'll continue to guide us. Isn't that reassuring? Amen. Now, God's always provided guidance and direction for his people, both in the Old and the New Testament. Now, the Old Testament was different because the Holy Spirit, or God, led the people externally by external means. In Psalms 78, verse 52, it says, He led forth his own people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And how did he do do that in Exodus 13, 21? We're covering a a number of scriptures here just to give this foundation, okay? So we're going to move through some of this. Uh, So just take notes and pay attention and follow along, okay? Um, (laughs) So he led them by external means. In Exodus 13, 21, And the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. So sometimes they had some night walks across the wilderness. Most of the time it was in the daytime, but in the daytime it was the cloud. And and guess what? The cloud was significant because it protected them from the heat of the sun. They had some cloud cover. But in the desert, if you've ever been in the desert, how many have ever been in the desert? And then the moment the sun goes down, what happens? Because of low humidity, instantly it gets cold. As soon as that sun goes down the horizon, instantly it turns cold with the absence of the sun. And so the pillar of, of fire by night happened to keep them warm. Amen? But those were external ways that God led and directed his people. Now in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, he leads us internally. The Holy Spirit is our guide. A guide can only lead you where he has been. And there's only one suitable guide that can direct us for the future, and that's the Holy Spirit. A number of years ago, my older brother and I, we went to Hoover Dam. And I don't know if you've ever been out there. If you get a chance, go through the chore. 
But the guide that took us through the tour of Hoover Dam, and actually they take you down in the tunnel that they bored underground to divert the river, the Colorado River, while the dam was being constructed. And it was amazing because we got down in that tunnel, and actually I think they had like two tunnels. That wing was huge. It was probably about 40 or 50 feet, and it was kind of an oval shape where they bored right through the, diverted the whole river through that underground tunnel. And we got down there, and they shut all the lights off. And, and they said, you are now in total darkness. And so they said, put your hand in front of your face. I mean, you couldn't even see your hand right there. It was so dark. And that was the day before we had all these cell phones so people could, you know, provide some light. But it was pitch darkness. And they said, if within a few minutes, if we don't turn the lights on, you're going to begin to lose your equilibrium and you fall. You won't even be able to stand. I never knew that in total darkness that that happened. But they turned the lights on, unfortunately. But this guide had been there before. So he knew where he was going. He knew where he was taking us because he had been there before. A guide has been there before. The Holy Spirit is the guide. He's been through it before. So you can trust him. John 16, 13, an important verse. An important verse I want you to highlight. If you don't have this underlined in your Bible, you need to underline it in your Bible. John 16, 13. How be it, or however, how be it is the King James, okay? When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of things to come. In other words, revealing to you what you need to know to make decisions for the future. That's important. Can you say amen? amen? We can hear from God. He can speak to us. And he's provided the spirit to give us direction in life. And we learn to recognize his voice. It's not something you can just automatically know. We, we learn uh, as we grow in fellowship with him through prayer and coming and sitting under the word of God, hearing the word. John ten twenty seven again says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. See, this comes from practice, from spending time in his word, in his presence, in prayer, in worship, and in fellowship with God's people. Being led of the Spirit actually involves more than just hearing from God. I believe it produces a lifestyle that's godly. A lifestyle that progressively puts to death the sinful appetites of the lower nature and allows us to live the life that God has intended. Galatians 5.16, you can write this down. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Walking by the Spirit is walking under his influence. And it's interesting, the scripture tells us in um, Ephesians chapter 5, says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. If If a person is drunk with wine, then they're under the influence of alcohol because they're filled with alcohol. And it affects them, it influences them. But when a person is filled with the Spirit, then they're under the influence of the Spirit of God. That's the influence that we need to be under. Now, because of of, of people that have 
Um, maybe, uh, let, let me just put it this way. The people that many times say or claim that something is God and it's really not. It can be just some fleshly emotion. It can be some uh, distorted version of, of the real thing. But the Holy Spirit wants to give us the real thing. Because he wants to make real the presence of God in our life. He wants to make real the truth of the word in our life. Because there's, there's going to always be extremes. There's going to always be people that go off the deep end. Okay, But one good common sense thing to understand. Uh, knowing there's going to always be somebody that's extreme with something. There's going to always be somebody that takes it too far, okay? But know that God has the perfect balance in everything, okay? And just because somebody goes off the deep end, that doesn't mean you throw the whole thing out. And I think that's what's happened with the whole uh, move of, of, of Pentecost in, in our modern day, in the outpouring of the Spirit with the gift of tongues. People have maybe gone off the deep end. And people say, oh... I don't want to go that far. I don't, that's, so they throw everything out. They, they discount everything. And, and we can't just discount everything. Um, the, the, when we went to Bible school, uh, Kenneth Hagin would make this statement several times. He says, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. See, when you, you bathe a child, you know, you want to clean the child off. But you're not going to save the bathwater. How many of you ever saved the bathwater when you gave your baby a bath? No, you, you throw it out. You run it down the drain. But you save the baby. You know, you don't throw the baby out. And so that's just an expression. You know, you, you, you keep what's right and you discard what's not. Because there are extremes out there. And, and I have to be honest, these times I've been embarrassed because of certain extremes. And so, because it doesn't represent the kingdom of God. It's not the heart of God. And, and, and I don't think uh, we have to display necessarily all of our liberty in Christ. Because we need to be sensitive. When I go to Pastor Deb's parents, they're serious Roman Catholics. I'm not going to go there and blow them away by blurting something out in tongues or by prophesying to them or using the gifts of the Spirit around them? No, that would be wrong because they're not at that place. And, and so we, we be sen- we, we're sensitive to the Spirit of God to effectively minister to people. And I think that's important and we, we need to understand that and, uh, because I want everything that God has. And I know there's some things sometimes we may feel uncomfortable with, but we're being stretched. I can remember the first time I came into a full gospel church and people were lifting their hands. Well, I wasn't going to lift my hands. And, and you know, I, you know, and it kind of scared me. I, I was thinking, oh, this, these people. But you know what? I saw something and I sensed something that I didn't sense in the denominational church that I was raised. And it was the life of God, the presence of God. I, I, I experienced his presence. And I can remember there was a day that I just was going to try it. And I 
worship song. I'm, I'm going I'm to see if this is too hot. My hand was real heavy. Oh, this, oh man, my hands just got real heavy. But you know, the Bible does say lifting holy hands. We're, you know, it's a form of praise, expression. It, it's actually, I think, it's a form of surrender. Because what? Stick them up! It's a form of surrender. Okay, Lord, I'm surrendered to you. Really, that's what it is. Um, because, um, you know, that's the first thing you're going to do if, if a police officer comes in. And if you're robbing a place, hopefully you're not doing that. They're going to say, stick them up. You better put those hands up in the air or you're going to have a bullet in your body. Okay? So uh, it's a form of surrender. But, you know, I can remember when that was uncomfortable, but I began to see that these are things in the Word of God. And it's real. And um, it, it may not be something I was accustomed to or grew up with having around me, but I began to at least be open to other expressions and forms of, of worship to God. And as long as it's, it can be proven and founded on the word of God, then it's okay. Amen? All right. Well, we're going to have to bring this to a close here. But what I, what I want to do, and uh, next time we take this up, we want to uh, talk more about giving the Holy Spirit control. We'll be looking at Romans chapter 8, 5, and 6, talking about those who set their mind on the things of the flesh versus the things of the Spirit. Because this is an important place where many times people get off because they're moving under the control of the flesh rather than following the control of the Spirit. And so we'll, we'll be looking at that. But I'm, if Jay and the worship team wants to come forward as, as we bring this service to a close... In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10, I don't have a slide for this up there. In the English Standard Version, it says, this is referring to Samuel. It says, And the Lord came and stood, calling, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Speak, for your servant hears. And you remember the story of Eli, his, his mentor, uh, that was raising him. Uh, he had been awakened three times and he thought his master Eli had called. And so he got up from where he was, went to his master and said, here I am, you called me? And Eli realized, you know, if this happens again, this may be the Lord calling you. And, and this is what he said to the Lord. What he said, speak Lord for your servant hears. And that's the attitude that we need to have in our life. Speak, Lord, for we're ready to listen. Are you ready to allow the Spirit of God to speak to you? For Him to reveal His will concerning your life? Maybe at a place where you don't want to hear Him because you're afraid He's going to give you a direction that you don't want to go. You have to be open. You have to be at that place as Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thy will be done. Totally sold out to the will of God and not his own personal preference. Many times we live by our preferences, but we have to sell out to his will. We really do. We need to sell out to his will. 
and not settle for anything less than what he wants for us. Because Christianity needs to be treated a whole lot more seriously. We have a casual treatment of how we view Christianity today. Oh, I can be a Christian and I can still do what I want to do. No, you've been bought with a price. And, and I know for me personally, it wasn't until I totally yielded myself to God and received everything that he had for me. And that's still my heart. Lord, I want everything that you have for me. And I can remember the day that it was presented to me, this whole thing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It intrigued me. And I began to study it out. I began to search it out. And I came to the conclusion, Lord, if this is you, then I want this experience. If, if this is what you promised. It's interesting, in Acts chapter 19, the Apostle Paul came into the area of Ephesus. And um, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And the people there said, no, we have not so much as heard whether there is a spirit. In Acts chapter 1, 8, the scripture says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then on the day of Pentecost, the promise was fulfilled. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then, in verse 3, there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Oh, that was the birth of the church. That was the beginning. Where God began to pour out His Spirit and empower and equip His people to be able to serve. In verse 38, dropping down to the end of the chapter, it says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, For the promise is for you and your children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So Peter said, this promise is for you and your children. Children that they had, children yet to be born. And even those that were far off, which refers to us even today. In Luke chapter eleven thirteen, it says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So the Holy Spirit is a gift. But we need to come and ask. It's not something he's going to force on us. And so as we close this service, there's two invitations that I want to give. The first is for those that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And I'm going to have the pastor come up at this time if you want to stand and position yourself. The first invitation is for those that have not made a commitment to yield their heart and life to Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. If you were to die today and you say, I don't know where I'd go. You don't have assurance whether or not you'd go to heaven or hell. And those are the only two options that we have. 
My suggestion to you, and I plead with you to make sure that you're right with God. Make your peace with him. Establish his lordship in your life. And you do do that by coming to him, acknowledging him as Lord and Savior, acknowledging him as the one who died for your sins, acknowledging him as the one who raised from the dead to give you new life. Amen. And receiving Jesus, your sins are washed away. You receive the gift of eternal life. You become his child. Your eternity is determined to be with him at that moment. And the second invitation is for those that maybe you've born born of the Spirit, but you've not been filled with the Spirit. And you need that power, the power of God's Spirit in your life to deal with addictions, to deal with temptation, to be able to be bold to witness and share the gospel, to be able to live your life to follow him in the fullest measure as a consecrated believer. Hallelujah. Let's stand up together. Pastor, if you would make your way to the front, please, at this time. We're going to sing this song through a couple of times and then make your way to the front for those that desire prayer. And if there's other needs that you have beyond these two primary things that we shared with you, the pastoral care is available to pray with you and minister to you. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Jay. Father, we're so grateful for your presence today. I thank you for everyone that has come. Father, I pray that you cause them to come to a place of complete surrender in their life, to be yielded to your will. And Father, help them to know your voice. We declare because we are your sheep, we know your voice. 
and the voice of a stranger we will not follow. Father, make known to your children your will. In the name of Jesus, give us understanding. Thank you for leading us and guiding us and directing our steps. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Hallelujah. The altars are open for those that desire prayer and ministry. And uh, at this time, we thank you so much for coming. As you're dismissed, make sure you show yourself friendly. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed. Those desiring prayer, continue to make your way to the front. Thank you so much. God bless you. You're dismissed.